Welcome to the Sweat the Small Stuff podcast episode 40. Uh, this is Ethan with TJ in Portland, Oregon. TJ, how are you doing? Oh, I am doing so, so, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still trying to get back into the swing of things uh, after the holidays. I, I took a bunch of time off and then we had a bunch of like long weekends and stuff. And now it's like getting back into the work groove. It's kind of weird. Looking forward to a long weekend coming up. Uh, I don't know. Otherwise, pretty good. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, absolutely stoked about the long weekend. Today is uh, January 11th. So we are, we're thinking about the weekend on Monday already. But uh, we're, we're here. We, we just had a crazy weekend. Last couple of weeks. It's been a couple of weeks. I don't think, I think this is our first podcast in 2021. But it's been a crazy first fortnight for, uh, for 2021. What do you say? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people were just hoping to leave a lot of the craziness in 2020, leave it behind us. But it turns out that the craziness doesn't care what year it is. It's just going to keep on invading my life. So, yeah. Craziness doesn't stop. The COVID doesn't stop. Uh, we, you know, I think that's something everybody was tired of in 2020. And here we are in 2021 still dealing with it. In number of planes, uh, actually, that that's a perfect way to dive into the NFL playoffs. Which, because uh, you know what else doesn't stop? The NFL. The NFL doesn't stop. That's true. They have powered through COVID hard, um, but they for did. better and for worse. This is true. Yeah. Um, some might say some of these uh, NFL games would be different had certain players or coaches been allowed to participate, uh, but. This I mean, one actually Denver had to play an entire game without a quarterback. So exactly. uh, that argument could definitely be made. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. You had particularly strong feelings about that one uh, in the playoffs this week. We actually had the Browns impacted um, with their head coach, Kevin Stefanski, not being allowed to uh, be in any communication with the Cleveland Browns, even via cell phone. Uh, I saw some tweets leak that were, talking about him being like locked in his basement with his phone turned off just with the game on and like a beer in hand, just trying to get through it. And um, he tested positive for COVID, I guess. Maybe the beer is uh, not true, but uh, hopefully he's drinking a, you know, emergency or whatever you should be drinking to get past the, the COVID. Got some, some Gatorade. Yeah. But uh, holy smokes, the Browns, like they, turns out they were just fine without old cab dog. And they, lit up the scoreboard on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think they, the they didn't the- just light up the scoreboard. They they broke the record for most points scored in a quarter. Uh, one, right? Yeah, going up twenty eight to zero on the the Pittsburgh Steelers in just an incredible game. Uh, and they did this despite the fact that uh, plenty of their starters were also out of the game due to COVID. Their uh, left guard, Joel Bitonio, their cornerbacks, Denzel, Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson, just to name a few. And despite all of that, they managed to get four interceptions uh, on top of the fact that the very first play of the game kind of set the tone when the snapper snapped the ball way over Ben Roethlisberger's head and the Cleveland Browns recovered the ball in the end zone, scoring seven point or pardon me, scoring a touchdown in the first 14 seconds of the game. And it was just a roller coaster from that very first snap. 
this was a revenge game. I mean, not a revenge game, sorry, but this was a repeat game of Week 17. So this was a back-to-back Steelers-Browns matchup. And Week 17, the Steelers sat a lot of their starters, including Ben Roethlisberger, and the Browns barely beat the Steelers' backups 24-22. This time around, you know, the Steelers... They, and they that was at Cleveland. Way. You know, the, the Cleveland had the home field advantage there. Uh, this yeah. game at Pittsburgh... Was in Pittsburgh. It was in and, Pittsburgh, uh, and Pittsburgh had a 17 and 0 record against the Browns at home before yesterday's game. So not only did the Browns break their playoff drought, but they also broke uh, the drought of winning a game at Pittsburgh. Final score: Browns 48, Steelers 37. Um, other NFL playoff games that we had. Uh, Let's go. Shall we just go down the AFC wildcard bracket? In the AFC, the Bills faced off against the Colts. Phillip Rivers and the Colts did not do enough to edge out Josh, Josh Allen. The Bills win 27-24. Yeah, I wonder if this is uh, the final time we see Phillip Rivers play. There's a lot of talk about maybe this being the last Drew Brees game or Drew Brees playoff uh, run. And I wonder about Old Man Rivers as well, but uh, he shined. He, he he did pretty well, you know. He shined on. He uh, kept them in the game, and uh, he does have like nine mouths to feed at home with uh, all those kids. Yeah, so I mean, he going. he went uh, twenty-seven for uh, for forty-six attempts, three hundred nine yards, and two touchdowns. So I mean, it the the loss isn't necessarily on Philip Rivers. It's just uh, turns out Josh Allen just cannot be stopped right now. Way tighter game than uh, anyone I think thought. I think a lot of people thought this was going to be a blowout by the Bills, and uh, now the you know the Colts hung in there. So props. I I will say I watched just a little bit of this game, but every time I watch the Bills play, uh, I feel like I see Josh Allen fumble the ball, and I'm pretty sure he had another fumble in uh this one and i i just can't see the bills winning the super bowl i don't think they get past kansas city um i think josh allen's a superstar but i don't think uh he's got the maturity at this point at this level you know he needs a few more years of refinement before i think he gets there but he's on the path the kid's a superstar i just uh i don't think they're gonna last much further yeah, um, I think you're right, but uh, they don't have to worry quite yet about the Kansas City Chiefs because the Ravens beat the Titans, and so the next matchup next weekend will be Ravens at Bills. Yeah, that was a that was a cool game, Ravens-Titans. I don't know how much of that you watched, but it seemed like there was not a lot of emphasis on running Derrick Henry. I feel like that was the Titans game plan all year long. And they just dropped it. Uh, and I think you got to give credit to the Baltimore Ravens defense for holding Derrick Henry to, uh, what was it, like 57 yards rushing? Yeah, and that's a guy that's like, you know, annually threatening to get 2,000 yards on the season every year. Like, and he did get 2,000 yards on the season this year. Yeah, Derrick Henry is a bowling ball. And uh, this was also a little bit of a redemption game for Lamar Jackson, right? This is his first playoff win as an NFL starter. Like, they had such a hot season last year, but then they lost in the first game, like, of the divisional round last year. And, Wasn't it uh, against the Titans? Yes, it was. So this was a revenge game 
in all aspects for Lamar. Um, and also he had that, since our last podcast, he had that unfortunate news about having to leave week 17, I think, with uh, stomach cramps. And a lot of people were saying like, oh man, Lamar Jackson missing snaps just to go to the bathroom. Um, you know, he, he said that wasn't the case, that he, quote, didn't pull no Paul Pierce. But uh, yeah, I, I, I know he was happy to not have that be like the, the last major story to end his uh, 2020 campaign. That's it for our AFC News. Did you say the final score for that game, Titans uh, Ravens? Uh, it is 2013 Ravens. All right. So the Buccaneers faced off against Washington football team and uh, they emerged victorious 31 23. This was a matchup of two quarterbacks that have, uh, well, one has been in our lives for a very long time. Tom Brady has been in our lives since, like, we were in elementary school, I think, TJ. Um, for the Washington football team, I think they had to start Taylor Heineke again because uh, Alex Smith was injured with his leg. Taylor Heineken. Correct. Heine- Heineke. Yeah, I mean, that's going to go on, uh, you know, that game ball should go on Heineke's mantle as the one where he got to square off against the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and hung in. And they, they kept it competitive. Uh, Heineke threw for 306 yards, a touchdown. Unfortunately, he also did throw an interception. Uh, Tom Brady just remains excellent at yeah. being Whoa. a quarterback, throwing for 381 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Heard a lot of talk that this is uh, going to buy Heineke like you know another ten years as a backup. I think he's twenty-seven right now, and he's been bouncing around for the last five years or so. Uh, there's a lot of good backups in the NFL. I think that's what this season has taught me overall. There's been so many changes in the quarterback position. I mean, obviously we mentioned it earlier. You, you played a person at quarterback for your team, the Broncos, that had never played quarterback at the professional level before. Um, but yeah, Taylor Heineke. Just fine, but the Buccaneers emerge victorious, and uh, we're gonna have to And this top. is the Buccaneers' first playoff win in how long? I don't know. I don't have the stats on that in front of me. Had a been a while ago. I mean, I know they won the Super Bowl in like 2002 with Keyshawn Johnson, and uh, since then. Don't really know if they've gone. All they haven't long. been to the the Buccaneers haven't been to the playoffs since the 2007 uh, wild card game where they faced off against the New York Giants. Wow, and it lost. Teams like the Cleveland Browns that hadn't gone since 02. That'd be such a crazy stat. It's crazy how cursed some teams are. You know? So this is the Tampa Bay's first uh, playoff win since 2002. Or pardon me, yeah, 2002, the 2002 season. Believe it. Believe it. They had a string of uh, poor, not great quarterbacks before Brady. I mean, I don't know how you feel about famous Jameis Winston yourself, but um, it seems like a, I don't know. I wasn't, I obviously have never been a huge Jameis Winston fan, so I was not sad to see him turn into a backup this year for the Saints. Not even the number one backup, though. Taysom Hill. Idaho's own. Um... But all right, so that was our Buccaneers game. Next game up, we have Seahawks and the Rams. Rams would end up winning this game and advancing on to the divisional round. Uh, they defeated the Seahawks behind they the annihilated the Seahawks. Uh, yeah. Defensively, they were just having their way. 
with the Seahawks offense. Uh, Aaron Donald being Aaron Donald, unfortunately, he did have to exit the game uh, either late in the third quarter or early in the fourth. I found out later that it is, I believe, torn rib cartilage, uh, something that he does not believe will keep him out of next week's game. But it's uh, painful, though. Can't oh, absolutely fun to play through. And I can't imagine it's going to be fun for Jared Goff to play with, like, nine fingers right now. Like, doesn't he have, like, needles in his thumb? Yeah, Jared Goff uh, had to play after the... Wofford? After Wofford took a massive hit, a shoulder to the head, and had to leave on a stretcher and left the stadium in an ambulance. So Jared Goff uh, injured, finished out the game, and did just enough to edge out the Seahawks and get this playoff victory. You did well, Wofford. You did well. But, yeah, we had to bring back in the goof, old Jared Goff. And uh, you did just enough to get him past. And uh, it's going to be, you know, if the Packers have to play the Rams going forward, which it it looks like that's the situation, um, I'm hopeful for the Packers. You know, it seems like the Rams are are advancing pretty beat up. They're they're beat up and... uh quarterback play at least in this game on both sides was not great uh jared goff had nine completions uh off of 19 attempts only 155 yards with a touchdown pass meanwhile russell wilson only had 11 catches from 27 attempts for 174 yards two touchdowns with one interception um so just a really big defensive game here and uh something that i think the Packers' defense is probably not going to have to worry too much about the Rams' quarterback situation. Yeah. All right. Well, that leads us to our final wild card game of the week. Our final super wild and the card funnest, game. the slimiest, the slimiest, but not the yeah. grimiest. We got the Saints going against the Chicago Bears on Nickelodeon, baby. That's right. Uh, broadcast to, I want to say, mostly 25 to 30-year-olds, but on the television channel for six-year-olds, uh, Nickelodeon hosted an NFL game. And it was uh, a sight to be seen. It was a special event. And if we have to have an extra you know, playoff game, letting another team slide in, uh, I'm happy with this being the result, that we get slime uh, cannons, in the end zone, anytime someone scores a touchdown, they're superimposing virtual slime cannons, just shooting slime everywhere. They got on the, uh, what is it, the first down line that they project onto the field. They have a slime going up and down the yellow, traditional yellow line. They, they superimposed SpongeBob's face onto the goalposts when the, uh, during the field goal attempts. And, uh, you know, I think Sandy Cheeks and eventually young Sheldon were teaching me the sport of football. And they had like some young announcers for the game, commentators that were Nickelodeon stars, I guess, that seemed like they'd never watched football before. Uh, But yeah, they had like 14, 15 year old commentators for the game that were Nickelodeon stars that made me feel ancient as they were talking about. Um, you know, not being alive when some of the stats were being referenced for like how the bears hadn't like, you know, been to the 
Super Bowl and how long and how like Drew Brees has been in the NFL since 2002. And these commentators are like, oh, yeah, that's older than like, you know, my birthday. Like I wasn't even alive back then. Drew Brees, he could be my dad at 42 years old. So yeah, it was a wild uh, experience to see it from that perspective. But it was yeah, fun. Uh, since since the production was aimed at, at a younger audience and, and maybe at an audience that wasn't uh, particularly familiar with football, uh, there were some interesting like metaphors and explanations for what was going on on the field. Um, one that kind of stuck out in my mind was uh, when the Bears decided to go for it on the fourth down. Uh, one of the commentators says going for it on fourth down is the closest thing in the NFL to a prank. Like they're pranking the other team, uh, which I thought was really funny. Um, something else was uh, it's like driving down the field is like doing your homework and then getting in the red zone. That's like when you're taking your test. You mean the slime zone? The slime zone. Getting into the slime zone is like taking your test. And on top of all of the fantastic production quality, uh, Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, the quarterback of the losing team, won the very MVP. first Nickelodeon NVP award. That's on his Wikipedia page now. And his like pro football reference page. So like he, he got a, a cool Nickelodeon statue. Uh, it was a fan vote. So, so that's Mr. Like the, Trubisky just has a ton of fans out there. Uh, Trubisky, as uh, one of the kids pronounced his name. Yeah, Mick Trubisky. But, uh, like, this is, you know, I don't see Mitch Trubisky starting as an NFL quarterback next year, at least week one before injuries. Uh, if this is how he goes out, you know, with MVP in hand, there's something poetic about that. Yeah, he he didn't necessarily go out on top, but he did go out a winner of an award. Could you imagine, like, Nickelodeon getting Thursday night football and broadcasting it this way? Or do you think this only works in a one-shot format? I hope it comes back. Um, something that they may need to worry about in the future and something that I was kind of worried about because without a lot of the crowd noise, you can hear almost everything the players are saying on the field. Uh, yeah. There was a controversial flag that was thrown and when the announcers or when the referees announced what the penalty was you could hear uh the player the offending player just shout what the f word and it was loud clear as day on nickelodeon it was hilarious but that's something that they would have to worry about i believe and i hope nickelodeon gets uh options to air additional games in the future I can only hope as well. Uh, so that's our NFL coverage. Those were our wildcard games this weekend. And we had some other sports as well since we've last broadcast. Uh, most part, you know, uh, particularly important to us, I suppose, as fans, is boxing. And we had a super, fight, a super fight to kick off 2021 in Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell. I think we uh, previewed it a bit on our previous podcast trying to hype it up. Uh, Ryan Garcia is the social media phenom, 8 million followers on Instagram, and uh, he's elsewhere across media as well. Don't want to give away one of my recommendations of the week there. Uh, But yeah, he came in with all the hype in the world, all the talk in the world going against Luke Campbell, a former 
Olympic medalist from England that was like 33 years old and had been like sniffing around title opportunities. He went 12 rounds with Lomachenko last year. And a lot of people saw this as a uh, test, like, you know, is Ryan Garcia the real deal? You know, is he just some, like, loudmouth kid? Or, uh, right, because he... uh, his last six fights had all ended in the first round. So yeah, it's hard to guy. say professionally whether he is, in fact, you know, a top contender. Yeah, I think in the last year or something, he'd, like, fought a total of four rounds across, like, three fights. Uh, but this one wins seven. You know, he, he proved that he could hang in there and he proved that he could get knocked down. Ryan Garcia got knocked down in the second round and stood right back up. Uh, obviously wasn't all that hurt and then fought another five rounds, probably winning most of them. And uh, obviously he gave round two to Luke Campbell. But uh, then come round seven, kidney or liver shot, you know, punch to the Just side. Just a beautiful body shot. Luke Campbell drops to his knees, and then you see one hand on the ground, and then you see the second hand on the ground, and he was done. Um, so, awesome fight, and uh, Ryan Garcia passed the test in my eyes. He's the real deal. Hoping uh, he gets some sick fights coming up. He's calling out Tank Davis currently. I think he is supposed to fight Devin Haney, who like holds the actual belt that Ryan Garcia just won the interim title to. But... Uh, I don't think he wants to fight him right now. I'm not sure that guy wants to fight him. It seems like Garcia is just aiming for other popular fighters right now. And big one is Floyd Mayweather's guy, Tank. So I'd love to see that happen. Absolutely. Uh, he was able to get at least tentative confirmation of a fight with Tank Davis after uh, being on Mike Tyson's podcast. Uh, Mike Tyson just called up Tank Davis on FaceTime and, uh, yeah, Ryan Garcia kind of lost his mind, and they essentially confirmed that, yeah, they are going to try and work out a fight. Hope so. Hope the money doesn't get in the way or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I love that podcast as well. Mike Tyson's uh, Hot Boxing, if anybody's interested in that. Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Uh, so that's our, that's our podcast. I think that's our sports coverage. Uh, before we leave, we uh, want to give you people our recommendations what do you mean, you people? I mean our constituents, the the audience that we are speaking to and proclaiming. Our constituents. <laughs> uh, yeah, so check out uh, On the Ropes is my recommendation. It is a horrible, horrible teen drama that uh, is produced by Brat TV. Some of the worst acting I've ever seen, and I love bad TV. I'm a huge fan of trash television, and this is great. It is some of the stiffest acting you'll ever see from Ryan Garcia, the boxer we were just talking about, as he portrays like a 17-year-old student that is somehow a nerd, I think because he wears a sweater, um, but in all other ways is like an extremely He's, muscular Everybody boxer. knows that if you wear a sweater, you're a nerd. Yeah. Things uh, like the whole season seems to be centering around a debate in class. I don't really understand it. But he's also involved with a girl that's like robbing people on the side. I don't know. Uh, but it's a lot of fun to just watch in the background and just laugh at how on earth this got produced. Uh, it's called On the Ropes. You can find it on YouTube, produced by Brat TV. Uh, TJ, you got anything that you've been watching, listening to, you know, vibing to this week? Uh, I have been watching the new season of Attack on Titan. Uh, it's an anime. Probably, if you like anime, you've probably 
at least heard of Attack on Titan or very likely have already watched it. But that's my recommendation. The new season and final season is airing on Hulu. They are, I believe, episode four just dropped this week. So uh, if you, for some reason, haven't already watched Attack on Titan, the first three seasons, I believe, are on Hulu, maybe also on Netflix. Now is the perfect time to jump in. Also, uh, Cobra Kai came out with a new oh, season. Oh, yeah, Cobra Kai! I forgot. Yeah. That should have been that should have been it. I oh. thought that was going to be your uh, your thing. I just didn't want that to, to go unreferenced. Uh, all I, right. I've just been, like, I'd, I had watched it all in one sitting, and so it feels like it was so long ago. I just I had watched Attack on Titan just more recently because I can't just sit and watch it in one sitting. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to us this week. We hope we will Oh, hold back. on. Breaking news. Okay. Bill Belichick has turned down the Presidential Medal of Freedom from to- from Donald Trump and cites the recent uh, attack at the Capitol as a reason. Why was he going to get the Medal of Freedom in the first place? What's the uh, criteria for that? Donald Trump, uh, well, as president, you I think you can just give these out to people who you find deserving and... Uh, President Trump has kind of been going on a spree lately and and handing it out to um, a lot more people for reasons that maybe aren't the greatest uh, without getting into it too much. Uh, Just as an example, he gave the Presidential Medal of Freedom to uh, Jim Jordan. I don't know who Jim Jordan is. Representative Jim Jordan. Ohio congressman. Uh, he also gave the award, I think, to Rush Limbaugh at some point. You know, he's he's coming towards the end of his his tenure as president of the United States, and I think he's just kind of handing a bunch of these out. One of the names that was on his list was Bill Belichick, and uh, Belichick has taken himself off of that list. Oh, glad he did that. That's yikes. Terrible. His statement... Uh, Bill Belichick uh, statement on the matter is recently I was offered the opportunity to receive the Medal of Freedom, which I was flattered by out of respect for the for what the honor represents and admiration for prior recipients. Subsequently, the tragic events of last week occurred and the decision has been made not to move forward with the award. Above all, I'm an American citizen with great reverence for our nation's values, freedom and democracy. I know I also represent my family and the New England Patriots team. Uh, let's see here. One of the most rewarding things in my professional career took place in 2020 when through the great leadership within our team, conversations about social justice, equality, and human rights moved to the forefront and became actions. So something kind of, I feel like Bill Belichick isn't really in the media a lot and that's intentional. And, uh, yeah, this is just super interesting that yeah. he decided to just say, no, I'm not going to to go through with this. I mean, yeah, he's been a big uh, Trump guy. I remember back in like the 2016 election, like when Trump was running, um, obviously Brady was a big Trump guy as well in that one. And uh, Belichick wrote a letter, I think, to Trump supporting him um, and that Trump like read aloud at a rally. Um so big, yeah, for Belichick to, you know, back off that. I just imagine he understands how 
absurd that award would be to be given to him. I don't know. That's my my two cents without knowing too much about it. Uh, but yeah. all right, man. Good breaking news. Thanks for yeah. bringing that out. But uh, as such, I think you owe it to take us uh, take us all out of this podcast. Well, thank you to all of our listeners and keep sweating. Keep sweating. Yeah, that's not bad. Thanks. That's pretty good. Thanks.